Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on track me bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone Welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I'm Dylan Hafer I'm Barry Rosenfeld We have the Bravo like, news are we gonna, for you I was like are we going to get a name? <laughs> it's Barry <laughs> Yeah, it's me. So things seem to be um, not getting better between Lala and Randall, I have to say. Can I just say that every time we talk about something or we record, then the news breaks and we were ahead of the fucking game yesterday. (laughs) We were, we were, we were, obviously we were like going through some of the evidence, all of the, all of the facts. Um, And then after that, like page six reported that Lala dumped Randall Neither of them have commented on it yet, but there's like sources saying that they're not together. Um, I'm really curious. Lala has a book signing tomorrow in LA and she's been like actively posting about it in the last 24 hours. And so like, she's going to do this book signing and it's going to be awkward. Like people are like, are they, are they just like not going to let people speak to her? Because I have to imagine it's going to be a weird vibe. I feel like Lala is the type of person who is, of course, now whatever is going on in her life, like her book, well, besides from Ocean, but her book is her priority right now. So she's like, fuck that. I'll deal with it later. Like, this is what I want to do for my fans. And, you know, people, if they're respectful, are not going to like ask because she's not going to like tell a random stranger. Oh, yes. You know what? I've been meaning to tell you about my breakup. So I think she's going to like acknowledge it with a smile. That's the problem. You're saying if people are respectful and I think most people would be respectful. But if she's advertising, hey, I'm going to be sitting at a table for two hours at a Barnes and Noble (laughs) in the Grove. There's nothing to stop somebody who's not feeling respectful and who wants their their 15 minutes of, you know, viral TikTok or whatever of like, you know, you buy a copy of the book and then you get your 30 seconds with Lala. I will say it's funny to me that she's doing a book signing like six months after the book came out. I guess it makes sense because she's like talking about it on the show, but it's like, I mean, it's the book's been out. Yeah, it's usually to promote the book, right? <laughs> but, you know, everyone's on their own timeline. It's fine. I did see a few people saying like, when you're posting about their potential breakup. Like some people were saying they thought it was like a publicity stunt for Vanderpump rules. They're like the new seasons getting bad ratings or like they need drama. And it's like, okay, but that season is already filmed. Like right. them breaking up now, like they're not filming right now. They wouldn't assuming they stick to their normal schedule. They wouldn't start filming for like seven months. So it's like them breaking up now doesn't really do anything in regards to the show, I will say there were a couple moments on tonight's episode yes! where Lala's, ta- Lala's talking about Tina's yes! relationship, and I'm a little bit like, <laughs> no, no, no. In that moment, we're obviously going to get to it, but like she said something about her own relationship, and I was like, oh my god, that's kind of like very bizarre timing. When- 
when she was talking to Sheena, we can just get into it because this this was like a through line of the episode. We just can't. Well, she was she was talking to Katie and she's like, well, you know, the dynamic changes once there's a baby. So like, I wouldn't want Sheena to be like, oh, well, he would never do that to me. And then he would. And then later when she's talking to Sheena, she's like, you know, like your man had kids before and then he left. And like, you know, my man, like, I don't think he would do that to me. And it's like, her her words i wrote this down because i was like wait she goes she said i wouldn't put it past him and i was like that is not okay to say about your oh, hu- fiance husband fiance. whatever but like father of your child this is not someone that you're like playing around with in high school or college like this is someone who you are literally getting married to you wouldn't put it past him like wh- what that's that's it's not always, normal. It's always crazy to me people who are in this world of like I like the word that comes to mind is Hollywood but it's not just that. It's like this whole world of like oh yeah, like you know, sometimes men cheat, you never know what's going to happen and it's like you've been engaged to this guy for 3 years, you live with him, you have a baby together like I if I were at that point in a relationship I would want to feel a hundred percent confident yes. that it was like locked down. And I'm just, be. okay. I'm So, you know, I'm watching real housewives of Miami. I just yeah. got to season two. And like, so in season one, Marisol gets married to this guy, Philippe. And she's like, literally like, wow, they're going to marry. She's like, yeah, you know, like for right now, it's good. Like, we'll see, you know, <laughs> it's my second marriage. Like, you know, maybe there'll be a third one sometime. Like she's literally talking like that. And then, season two starts and they're already separated. And it's like, I just can't imagine like floating through like serious relationships like that, but I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not for. Yes. Whatever. So Lala and Randall, obviously when their relationship started, everyone was questioning it. Like what the fuck, but money is obviously a big thing in people's eyes like it's your set Mm -hmm. you feel so when I see cheating rumors in my head I'm like Randall like these people only want you for your money like not in a mean way but like come on Randall's money situation has always been like a little confusing just because like yeah, he is like a successful producer, but also if you look at like some of his movies, it's like I agree, but he's a producer in Hollywood, like straight whatever. to streaming, got bad reviews. Like, you know, for every The Irishman, there's like Midnight in the Switchgrass with Megan Fox <laughs> and Machine Gun Kelly that they wouldn't even promote because they said it was so bad. So, like, I don't know. I mean, like, whatever. We'll see. I'm we'll see how it unfolds, but let's. Let's get back to the episode at hand. Um, so we're on the aftermath of Rachella, which of course, lovely, love their engagement. Yes. James Sandoval tells Schwartz that he and James spent $25,000 on this event and they're splitting the money, which obviously is incredibly generous of Tom Sandoval, but also I think incredibly, incredibly stupid. stupid. <laughs> and Honestly, okay. I th- I think it is especially stupid given the financial situation they're in trying to get this business venture going with the new bar. 
but I think it's stupid anyway. It's like, it's great to help your friend plan the engagement, but like, it's not your I'm, engagement. I'm not spending $12,000. I mean, like I literally couldn't right now, but like, I'm not, like, I'm not like putting myself in a poor position, literally, I guess to like, so that you can have like an over the top engagement. Like that's not, I'll help you with the logistics, but like, I'm not paying for that. Sandoval thinks he like actually is George Clooney. Remember George Clooney like years gave each of his friends like $1 million. Like Sandoval's not at that position yet where he like thinks he is. And of course that is extremely generous and it's something he wants to do. Like he loves helping people, but on the flip side, yes, he is in the middle of opening a bar that they already can't afford. Like, sorry, if you're taking out a home equity loan, it's like, then where is, where is that money coming from? He's like, but we're taking out a home equity loan. He didn't explain if he like cleared it with Ariana. I don't know what their like agreement is in terms of what, how they share money, but like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And also James loves him so much. He's like, I know Sandoval has shorts, but like Sandoval's my best friend. And I was like, oh, James, that's cute. I want to know what your thoughts are on the Tiffany ring okay. versus the Tiffany diamond in a ring that James got somewhere else. So I think the actual situation is that James bought like a loose diamond from Tiffany and then like had the ring made. Right. At a random jewelry store. So like, is, does he need to be like honest with Raquel about yes. that? Or is it not a big deal? It's not a big deal at all. It doesn't matter. It's a, the ring is gorgeous. It's not, that's not the big deal. The big deal is like, stop lying. Just tell her most people, everyone I know, actually not most people knows where their ring comes from. So like, if you're going in again, if you're going into this relationship, you're starting the engagement on a lie. Like you just, just be honest. There's no reason to not. I do agree with the fact that after like the first day, she probably shouldn't wear that ring to work. Not because it's flashy, but because like to work at a restaurant, like you wash your hands, it gets lost. You bang it. Like you you just shouldn't wear it to work in general. But when I was working retail, I wore an Apple watch every day. And one day, I mean, obviously an Apple watch is not a diamond ring, but you know, to some people it is. Yeah. Thing that you wear that is not inexpensive. I smashed it on a fucking door handle. The screen, it was like shattered. Like I can't, I I can't use it anymore. And so it's like, even with that, I'm like, oh, like, I guess I should, whatever. It it is funny to see guys watch the ring because they spend so much time. So he was getting himself worked up like at dinner in the car. And he was like, no, no, you can't wear that. And I was like, I get Raquel's like, why? It's so beautiful. That was a little much. It is funny that, like, I feel like most people, like you were saying, most people know where their ring comes from. And in the majority of cases, it's not from, like, Tiffany or Cartier or some brand like that. It's, like, you go to, like, a jewelry store or, like, you have, like, a jeweler that you work with or something. That's what most princesses get it from Tiffany and Co. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honeylove is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale. 
Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so I want your opinion on this. Why Ariana wants an engagement only if the engagement is over the top? Is Richella level? I don't, I mean, I think Ariana over the years has done a great job of being open about what she wants and what she doesn't want and not giving in to like, Right. The traditional thing, just because people tell her that it's what she should want. In this situation, I'm like, you can't be giving Tom mixed signals about this because he has, I feel like Tom, I don't think Ariana has done anything wrong in the past, but I think Tom has made sacrifices in terms of what his fantasy scenario would be, you know, probably not having kids, not getting married. Like those are things that Tom Sandoval envisioned for himself. So it's like, Ariana, if you're serious about not wanting to get married, then don't be going on TV and giving Tom like a mixed signal. Also, Ariana, do you know Tom Sandoval? He would, it wouldn't be anything other than over the top. (laughs) He's not going to propose to her like but quietly on the beach to me it's a little shallow I mean I love Ariana but it's a little shallow only because Tom <laughs> is in love madly in love with her so he'd want to marry her regardless but you only want to be engaged like I don't I don't think she was really like I know but it, I've never we've seriously. never heard her talk about an inkling of wanting to be engaged right, so for right, right. her to say that I don't know it was just very weird to me um Okay, so I did, uh, in this episode, we see Katie and Tom Schwartz um, talking more about their fertility journey and trying to get pregnant. And, you know, Katie says that they basically were trying for like a solid five months in like summer of 2020 when all the other women were getting pregnant. Yeah. Um, And so now they kind of have taken a break from that, but they're like going to see this fertility specialist to sort of, kick things off again and try and get, 
you know, more information so they can hopefully try successfully. And I don't understand why Tom Sandoval is involved in this at all. This was weird to me. I didn't enjoy watching Tom bring like lube over to Schwartz's house. Well, again, does nothing that is not over the top, but he (laughs) also quick note about that. The fact that Lisa Vanderpump was like, well, why would you go to fertility doctor if you haven't even tried yet? And Katie's like, we, we did like, why? I made made a note about that. It was so weird to me why Lisa was like, assuming that Katie had like never thought about getting pregnant before. It's like, and Katie's like, well, I mean, we we have tried. Yeah. Like actually, yes, I'm not like an idiot. Yeah. So this scene with Tom and Tom just was old school to me. Like, like, you know, the two of them with their little skits, like it was cute and funny. It was very like staged. Yes. But at the same time, like very thought out. And I love when he was like the Gwyneth Paltrow candle. That's a rental though. You got to give that back. And (laughs) like, I just didn't like the fact that he waited outside the door. Like he could have been watching TV or. (laughs) No, he's like looking up the stairs. Like, come on. Um, But he's a a good friend in that sense. I don't know. I think he wants for other people what he can't have, to be honest. Like he, like what you just said earlier, like they're not planning on having children. Like they're not getting engaged. So we see this Tom like playing these roles of what he wants yeah and meanwhile Katie is with Lala and I do think I want I think Lala sharing the information about Brock's kids with Katie is like a little bit messy um you know like I think Lala's concerns are totally valid we talked about this last week it does seem like a red some red flags with Brock and so I think like her her talking to Sheena about it this episode I thought was like a good friend move Mm -hmm. but her talking to Katie about it I'm a little bit like it's it's not your business you don't have all the details yet like I agree off and it's it's funny because I I actually like Katie and Lala's friendship this season. Like I, I really yeah. do. So in that sense, it's like, you know, you talk to your friends about like BS too, about other people, but it's always different when there's cameras involved because it's right. someone's personal journey. And also I couldn't tell if Lala was kind of, I think she was very, 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 like we saw last week, shocked by this information. So I almost feel like she was getting someone else's opinion on this because she's like, am I overreacting? Is this weird? I think, yeah, a little bit. And I I guess being outside of the situation and watching, it's like, obviously, like, it's on the show now. We can talk to whoever about it. It's like public information. But like I I I do get that if you were Lala in that situation and you didn't and like no one else in the group knew that you would kind of be like, am I like crazy for thinking that this is like very strange and whatever? So yeah, I mean you're right in that sense. And then I actually liked the scene with Sheena and Lala this episode mm-hmm. because I like seeing that they're they seem to be like actually productively worked through their issues and like getting along again. And it doesn't feel weird that they're like meeting up to shop for baby clothes. Um, But (laughs) Sheena is given the chance to sort of explain more of why Brock has not seen his kids in four years. And I wouldn't say that she really convinced me 
that it was a great situation anymore than last week. Right. And that's what I said last week when, when we first, I was like, eh, maybe he was leaving for a better, uh, you know, life. But I was like, no, I mean, it's, that's not, no, <laughs> something's missing. The way they talk about him going from Australia to California or wherever, which this would have been in like 2017 or 2016, like around that time. Australia is not a third world country where there's nothing going on and there's no opportunities and you can't make money there. I Wait, was... I'm dying. They literally made it seem like he was Jack and Titanic and he won a ticket to get on the boat and like came. Right. Like they're making it sound like he's like a pilgrim <laughs> coming to the new world to like make a better life. And like, I don't know, like, what his specific like deal is like it's a little hard for me to get a handle on that but like they're making it sound like his choice was either like prosperity in the u.s or like living in like in poverty in australia and it's like i don't think that that doesn't actually like quite add up to me so i i would like a little bit more information on why it was so important for him to leave Australia. Cause to me, that's the thing. Like when she's saying, Oh, and like the mother of the kids didn't support that. And she didn't want him to leave. It's like, yeah. Like I wouldn't want the father of my kids to move 8,000 miles away either. Like that seems actually kind of normal to me. Yeah. And she was like, he drinks out of coffee mug with their faces. He's like, they're his background. Like if you and I, the part I questioned was when she was like, if he wanted to go, he could, what is holding him back? Like, why can't he go? Right. Back? Like, I understand. Okay. The thing is like traveling between Australia and the United States is right. extremely expensive, time consuming hassle with kids. So like Sheena's saying that the mom cut off contact and like, I, yes, obviously they could be FaceTiming, whatever, but it's like, I don't think it's on the mom to be like flying those kids to California to see their dad. So it's like, why doesn't Brock book a plane ticket to Australia and like go see the kids? Like, even if the line of communication isn't great, it's like, go see your fucking kids. I don't know. Like there's clearly going to be some more information next week, like from Brock's maybe like a little bit more backstory on what actually happened. But right now I still don't feel good about it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it is weird because that is a a situation where it's like, we literally don't know. And it's not like we can be like, go be a good dad, go see your kids. Like we have no fucking idea what the situation is. And that, so that's a little hard, but I did like the advice Lala was giving from the information she has. And she was like, I, as my, as my friend, I just don't want if he's done it before, what's to say he won't just leave Summer Moon and be like, yeah. bye? It, it feels, I will, like her interaction with Sheena feels more, it feels genuinely supportive and not just like she's trying to be like messy or yeah. like drag her. Right. And so I, I appreciate that because I think, you know, they've had issues in the recent past. So it could feel a little bit like Lala's trying to like, ruin Sheena's happiness and it does it feels like she actually is looking out for her which I like I did feel bad though because it looked like throughout the entire conversation Sheena was holding back tears and I was like let it out I well but that's the thing is like we've seen Sheena go down the road where she is like 
so committed to protect to acting like everything is perfect and like i don't think her relationship with brock at least right now is in that like dark of a place like things do seem like they are pretty good currently but like it's that's what worries me is that like sheena wouldn't acknowledge if things did get to a bad place and like i think she needs to be I think Lala is right. She needs to be careful and she needs to be really like honest with herself if things were to not be going well, because like she has a daughter that she needs to be, you know, acting in her best interest. Also like when Lala is, is saying summer moon, I'm like, are we doing that? Like, can we just call her summer? Yeah. Like, like what is her, <laughs> it may, is her name summer moon or is it summer and her middle name is moon? I well, need- it's Summer Moon Honey. Right. Summer Moon Honey Davies. Right. So right. maybe Summer Moon is the first name. Oh, God. I There's no hyphen, okay? So it's confusing. <laughs> but it, maybe it's like a Southern name, like Summer Moon. Like, like Kimberly Mary Sue. Yeah. Kimberly Sue. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, let's talk about Raquel and James going to lunch with... Raquel's my fiancé! They're with various members of both of their families. It's a little unclear who all was invited to this lunch, but James's mom is there. Raquel's Raquel's sister is there. And Raquel's sister is sort of like the main player in this lunch because she clearly has some reservations about James uh, you know, Raquel says that they've known James for like four years, so they've seen him in his like m- messy drunk James era, and then now they're kind of still skeptical about him really being better. And this whole thing with Max is not helping because Raquel's sister is like, see, you can get into trouble even when you don't drink, and she's not wrong. She's not wrong, and she they were like. Who in your family, Raquel, dislikes James the most and won't care what <laughs> what <laughs> you say or ask? So she made a good point, though, because Raquel is I wouldn't consider Raquel a pushover because she has shown us that, like, she really does stand up for herself, whatever. But we don't know, like, what she would do for James necessarily. So her sister made a good point when she was like, well, why did you bring the gift and also, I just don't want to see you going along always and fixing James's problems. And even Raquel right there was like, I'm not fixing his problems. I think she just brought him the gift because she was working a shift and James like, I know, I think <laughs> that's kind of the weird dynamic is that like, obviously there is, you know, the thing of like, they're in a relationship, their actions affect each other, you know, people see them as a package deal, but also like Raquel actively works at Sir still. Like, she works there even when they're not filming. Like, she, more than anyone else, I guess Charlie also, but, like, she works at Sir. And so, like, there is that thing of, like, if James is on bad terms with the Vanderpump family, then it doesn't reflect well on Raquel. And I think that's valid. I mean, I think maybe her sister, what's her name? I can't, Kate? I I can't remember. Kate. But it's, like, maybe she's being, like, a little bit, you know, overly, like, harsh on James. But at the same time, it's, like, can you stop, like, like, why are you calling him, like, a fat twat or whatever? Like, get get it together. That's not, like, 
that's not like acceptable behavior. Typical James though. He was like, well, I, I am blocked on everything. Like, so I can't even if I want it. And I was like, please, <laughs> like, yes, you can. Yeah. I feel like it was I thoughtful like though. A, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gift was nicely. Like, everybody loves virtual reality. <laughs> um, it, yeah, no, I always feel like it's like a little bit like you're not trying that hard and you're like, well, like, I don't even know how to get in contact with him. It's like, ask the producers to set it up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like James is, it was nice to see James mom and his brothers, <laughs> by the way, we haven't seen them in so long, but yeah, his mom, they're both sober now. And like, she, I don't know. It was very weird. She was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like loving everything James was doing and Raquel. And like, she Jacqueline was not Giorgio. helping like the situation. She was like, yeah, right, that like, was really sweet. <laughs> uh, I do. I do enjoy. I like James and Raquel's dynamic when they're good, but like James definitely has that quality about him where like he kind of gets an idea in his head and it's like, just chill out. Like, when he was talking about the ring in the car, it's like, it feels like you're like hounding her about this thing. And like, she's not doing anything. Like she's not, yeah. she didn't like lose the ring. She's just wearing it. Like chill. I, so yeah, I hope James can kind of like rein it in a little bit. I just I can't know. wait for this wedding because it's going to be an episode of some sort. And I just want it to. I feel like they'll probably get married like on next season. Like yeah. they'll probably get married like next June or something. I hope you're right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. So the the last big moment of the episode is at Tom Tom, which is reopened now. Um, Lisa's there. The Toms are there. Katie and Ariana are there. Um, and this is when, you know, Katie and Lisa were having their conversation, their like weird conversation about but trying she, to have a baby. She asked Ariana <laughs> to go tell Tom to change the music a little. AKA, can you leave so me and Katie can talk? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, so the producers have told me that Katie and I need to have a one-on-one. So can you do this, like, random fake task? (laughs) Yeah, like, change it to what? Like, is it, like, too loud? Like, are there, like, bad words in the lyrics? (laughs) Ariana's, Um, like, noted. I'll leave. But so then the Toms are, like, ushered over to the table. And Katie and Sandoval just get into it again because Lisa asks about this new bar, they're having trouble staffing, like, oh, Katie's going to be doing something, right? And, like, it just, Tom Sandoval, I don't get why he is, like, so triggered by the idea of Katie being involved. Because he likes to be in charge and doesn't like anyone challenging him, and Tom Schwartz doesn't, and Katie does. But, like, he is in charge. Like, Katie's not saying, I'm going to come in and be in charge. She's saying, like, I want to be involved I and it's know. like I like Tom Sandoval like as a person but it's frustrating to me that he is like so reactive to like the idea of Katie being around and it's like then he brings up these texts that are from like two years ago five years ago he's like talking about when like he would be out with Sheena and Sheena would be getting rage texts from Katie. And our, even Ariana is like, wasn't that like six years ago? And he's like, yeah, but like, I just 
Ugh. And it's like, why are you talking about this right now? They were like, we haven't gotten rage texts in so long. Like, that's a thing of the past. I was like, guys, she's sitting right here. Like, she's really grown that they were making rage texts like a thing of the past. But he he was, I think, like, I've said this, I sound like a broken record. He just doesn't like Katie. And like, I think he's thinking of anything he could. And now they're kind of yeah. calling him out on it because he looks dumb. Right. That it's like, if you have an issue with Katie in the present tense, work through it. But like, we're not bringing up texts that Katie sent to Sheena in 2014. Like, that's not what we're doing right now. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't make sense. And then it set him, set Katie off earlier when Schwartz told Sandoval he was impressed with what he saw with the, with the engagement planning that he's letting him name the bar. And that I was like, so weird. What? It's like, so then he told right, Katie like, that. That, Katie's doesn't like, have any, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's like, okay, so maybe then if you were having like uh, an opening party, you would let Sandoval like take the lead on planning it, which I assume he would anyway. But right. it's like, why are you like gifting him with the ability to name the bar because he planned a good party? Like it makes it's so stupid. And yeah. like, apparently they've officially, there was like some interview. Apparently they've officially decided that it is going to be Schwartz and Sandy's, which like, Oh yeah. When okay, they were on watch fine. what happens live a few weeks ago, Tom like said, he was like, yeah, Schwartz Sandy's. And I think at that point at that episode, still Andy did, they didn't know if he was kidding or not. He like, no one was taking him seriously. Unless I it's mean, like imprint. whatever. I don't think, I don't see why it would be like less successful than Tom, Tom people that want to see them are going to go to their bar. So like, Right. Whatever. I still think it's a stupid name, but is Nick- it's not my bar. <laughs> is Nick Elaine designing it? I-, I don't know if Tom and Tom can afford Nick Elaine on their own. So <laughs> oh, yes. I feel like that's a, Lisa's like not involved. Maybe Lisa will get them a friends and family discount for Nick Elaine. Oh, that would be sweet. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Okay, let's talk about Below Deck Med. We finished off the season with a finale reunion back to back. Um, these below deck reunions, the oh, virtual God. ones where they're all like in their various locations around the world, <laughs> like they stress me out because it's Malia like, was in her shower. Malia's sitting in the shower, like literally with charter guests on the boat. Lloyd's Wi Fi looks like it's about to crap out any second, and then it actually does before the end of the reunion. Matt is wearing a tie dye shirt, Ew, looking should- like he just rolled I out can't. of bed I like <laughs> i i appreciate that they have the technology to make a reunion happen but it's like this is i would love like an i would love like a little bit of a budget correct i would have the issue it i know it's crazy because they are literally all over the world and on boats so they can't just like send production like right it's not there. like with the it's not like with the virtual reunions for like 
Vanderpump or Beverly Hills where they like send a whole like TV set up to their house. Um, I certainly had time to look this up, but I just felt like asking who was it last, last reunion who got so drunk, like they were so drunk on the reunion. I just couldn't Um, remember for the life of me, but was it Daisy? Ah, it might've been, it might've been, I think, but Courtney was getting, so she was like sliding down in her chair. She was like, she was falling asleep. Like Andy at one point was like, I want whatever you're having. And she was like, I'm drinking water. And he was like, yeah, now. Like Courtney, Courtney was feeling herself or feeling something. I don't know. I was honestly, like, I found the cast dynamic on this reunion very enjoyable. Like, the first few minutes when they were kind of, like, laughing with each other and stuff, I'm like, this is, like, a fun group. Like, Well, because I think they're actually friends. Like, they're, uh, they're yeah, all Yeah, no, friends. literally all of them on this season, besides Lexi and Delaney, like, are actively friends with each other. And, like, I'm not sure why some of them are friends with Chef Matthew. Like okay, that. I was going like to say drop him a little yes. bit like I actually was surprised on the episode when he because Courtney had said I think before that some of them were going to a house and split and I'm like okay so it's going to be like it's going to be like most of them but not Matthew and then I'm like oh everybody's going to be honest I think that they just from what I say I think he's the type of person they just like let tag along He's annoying as fuck. And like, I wouldn't want him hanging out with me, especially if he's drunk. And so I think that's what happened. And he would be the last person I would want to know the secret of whatever happened in split because he's going to (laughs) tell anyone. The the finale was like, not that exciting, but I, I want to know. So Matt, after this like disastrous egg breakfast situation for the rest of the day he's very in his head even though the food he makes comes out great there's no more complaints but he keeps asking katie who is like stressed beyond belief with her two stew situation he keeps like asking her for like advice on the menu and she's very like i don't have time for this i can't i can't think about this right now like that like figure it out And, like, I want to know, like, what did you think? Did you think that she was being, like, rude? Or did you think that Matt was, like, needed to just get his shit together and decide? I definitely thought a little bit of both. Like I said, I think he is annoying AF. But I think, so what we've seen in past seasons always, which I haven't seen this season, is the Chief Stew and, and Chef discuss the menu beforehand right so i don't know if they did do that but it seems in this conversation that they didn't and so in that case he kind of is asking like hey what should i do what should i do his issue is he's asking at the most horrific time he's asking like during the meal katie's like katie's like carrying things like about to go do the laundry like making drinks and he's like uh serving her for just the just the salmon and she's like i don't fucking no like Dylan, they were like leaving for the beach picnic he's like should i make burgers too and she and malia's oh, like you we're leaving we need okay, to go the, the beach picnic situation to me that was like ridiculous it's like you have 10 minutes you're making what you're making the dinner i thought katie could have been like a little more helpful because i feel like that's the situation where you're like okay like you have been around the guests all day. Like you can sense the mood. Like, do you think we should do like more courses or less, you know, that kind of thing. 
but like oh my god the beach picnic it's like you have three minutes you're not making burgers like get they <laughs> they were also like running back and forth these beach picnics give me such like ajda i can't oh my god Molly is like bye have fun and she like sprints away <laughs> to be honest this setup looked like the easiest they've ever done like maybe they just didn't show it i don't know they just like kind of just set it up and then they're like running breaking it down they did that with two stews like that was wild i did appreciate how much Katie acknowledged the fact that she was wrong and should have kept yes. another stew. I and loved I think, that. I think that was kind of the saving grace for her. Yeah. These last two charters and at the reunion was that like, she fully acknowledged that like, I made this decision. I looking back, it wasn't the right decision, but it is what it is. And I'm not going to let it affect the quality of service. And I think like, even at the reunion, Sandy totally recognized that and she was like look like you maybe didn't make the right decision but you stepped up and made it work and I think like if it was a situation where she made that decision and then the last two charters were just like a disaster Hmm. Sandy would have had a lot more to say and it would we wouldn't be like as you know we we would be seeing Katie kind of in a different light because it would be like oh damn like she really fucked up but yeah. in this case, she was, like, the first one to admit. I, like, I didn't really know in the reunion when Delaney was there. Obviously, it's a little bit awkward just because, like, you know, when Katie is saying, like, it was an issue with what we needed and you not being the right fit, not, like, with you being bad. And it's, like, it's just awkward because she's sitting right there and, like, it's never going to feel good to be, like, talked about like that. But, like... Wait, but she had a great comeback. She's living in Hawaii and working on a day boat. And they're like, okay. Happy for her. She's doing great. But it's like, I didn't know, like, because Katie was kind of like, well, I don't regret, I don't regret letting Delaney go because she wasn't what we needed. And it's like, okay, well, she was the only choice. So like, if you made the wrong decision, then what would have been the right decision? And she still would have been helping. Like she still would have been doing the laundry. Like that's something Courtney like would have been doing something else if Delaney was there. Like, so I just didn't exactly. Like, I think that, that was, that was kind of the thing for me. It's like, obviously Delaney wasn't going to be like leading your dinner service, but like she wasn't completely unhelpful in the time that she was there. Right. Um, um I was so, I was so mad that Lexi didn't show up. I wasn't surprised, but like, I mean, what help would she have like done to this reunion? She didn't speak to them when she was on the boat. It would have been so much more chaotic. Yeah. And like Matt, they wouldn't have gotten a word in edgewise. No way. Right. I mean, there would have been so much more like drama, but like in some sense, I feel like it was like, for the best that she wasn't there. But then also I'm just like, no, like I want everybody to show up to the reunion and like talk their shit. And she would have been like, she would have been like, yeah, I'm joining from my $8,000 a month condo in Miami on a high rise. (laughs) Wait, hold on. We have to, we'll talk. I want to talk about Lexi after, but the fact, because of everything they said about her, but the fact that I was really happy that Lloyd got the crossing job because I know. he very much deserves it. And we're happy that usually they bring on like, you know, each person is like, they call them in one by one and they like each get the, I don't know, maybe this one, they just needed like one and it was Lloyd, yeah. but they, I feel like they, it's like usually like the whole cast, whatever. But this was very bizarre when they were all going out for dinner and then like this, 
they like oh, let so weird. They like let the substitute chef, the substitute, the backup chef, substitute, substitute chef. chef, the backup chef, come on board for a drink, but like not even in the lip. The I I prefer to as a living room, but the sky, like the, whatever the, the salon, the, the salon, the living room, but they are in like the their quarters, the like it's mess. very bizarre yeah. and not welcoming at all. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was like, if you're having drinks, like do drinks like on the nice part of the boat. Don't yeah. like, also like, I mean, I guess it was nice that they, cause he was literally sitting in quarantine the whole time, the whole season. So like, I understood the thinking behind it, that it's like, it's, we're going to at least like meet you in person. Thank you for your service that you, you know, it was important to have a backup, but like it was, Matt's attitude was a little yeah that was so annoying it's like the season is over this guy isn't like it's threatening not, your job like he himself had nothing to do with you like as a person and for him right, to not even of, acknowledge him and like get up and leave he's such a fucking baby i'm sorry that matt's, guy pisses like, me off all of matt's issues throughout the season trace back to matt himself like there was never a situation where like somebody else was making his life difficult or right. like so I mean, like obviously the Lexi situation, like she was antagonizing him, whatever. But like even in that situation, he was being just as, you know, combative toward her. So yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I I also thought like the way he was like coming for Captain Sandy. It's like, okay, dude, like you had a rough, like you objectively had kind of a rough season. It's not crazy that Sandy doesn't think you're like the most reliable person in the world, even though. I don't think Captain Sandy is like the most amazing person either. It's like, she didn't do anything to you. She gave you chances. And also the fact that he, he just like secured his position of never coming, working with uh, on a show or with her again, because he was like, and Captain Sandy's the worst captain I've ever worked for my entire life of 15 years. And ever Sandy was like, okay, like first of all, she doesn't have time to deal with people like you. And also she, that is just, him right in a nutshell because they weren't fighting she literally was asked a question about watching something she didn't see firsthand so she saw it on the show and she's reacting to it so for you to say she's the worst captain she gave you three chances in what way was she not a good captain he's like i work year round and you're basing this all on like two bad nights that i had and it's like no okay but like even if that's true it's like yeah, you had two bad nights where you like stormed off the boat, gave her an ultimatum. Like you had two bad nights in a season that was four weeks long. Like that's not actually like a great track record still. Like there's only like six, there's only like seven charters in the season. So the fact that you like had like a major fuck up during two of them, it's like, yeah, Yeah. that's kind of a poor grade. I agree. And it's nice when they all leave the boat, when they show like the last day and like um, Z asked her to be a reference, like ever you want to, you know, you don't want to burn any bridges. You want to just like keep it her and Malia have a really great relationship. Like they really respect each other, which is very nice to see, by the way. Like I did like like, that she and Malia are kind of put their issues to bed. I, I almost wish though that Malia was a little bit more, firm with her when because like when they were talking about the issue with David like personally 
I wanted Malia to be like, I didn't appreciate the fact that you yelled at me in the middle of the boat. Like, I think I wish Sandy was like called out a little bit more for that because I think it was really unprofessional, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Malia was like, surprise, I'm not a lesbian. Captain Sandy's like, huh, oh that's funny. Cause remember she called her out like on so someone's weird. cameo. So weird. Ugh. Does the, <laughs> does the next season of Below Deck start next week? Um, I believe so. But also Winter House starts tomorrow. I know it's, there's so much happening. There's so much going on. Um, now I want a Miami premiere date cause I'm watching this fucking show, but I don't even know when it's going to be. I've like heard, I feel like I heard like December, but then also I've heard like May, 2022. And I'm like, can we just, can we get this under control? May like when is anything happening? I know. I always when think is, of like where we are right now. So right now it's October. May is a long time from now. <laughs> Yes. It's filmed. They finished filming. Like, come on. Alexia posted her confessional look that she was in yesterday. She looks great. I mean, she looks she's amazing. Fucking gorgeous. She is I, beyond. Yeah, no, I'm I'm watching right now. Alexia, I I'm oh, I'm watching right now when her son had the accident. It's really yes, sad. sad. It's very, it's awful. But um, okay, really quick, I need to know your opinion on Joanna Krupa then. I well, so I just started season two and she's not in season one. So I don't really have an opinion yet because I've only seen like one episode with her. Oh, she's okay. very beautiful. She's I mean, very yeah, beautiful. She's a, mo- she's a supermodel, but still. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, I will make sure to give you updates. I've been like posting little like funny moments and stuff on the story. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I guess we'll have new below deck stuff to talk about next week it never yeah, like out with the old in with the new huh like really? i know Cap- captain lee eddie rachel is gonna be back fun times fun times oh, lord i don't know if i can handle rachel we're going <laughs> rachel. from that to rachel oh god oh my god no i love <laughs> rachel i i really do um <laughs> thanks for listening don't forget to rate review follow the show wherever you listen follow us on instagram at bravo by batches and just be cool don't be all like uncool Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.